This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hello, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Welcome to our AWS podcast series. We always want to remind you to go to wildmedu.org to look at the programs and the courses that you can study to learn about wilderness medicine and be safe in the backcountry. Well, it's a relatively familiar site. You've been out camping and uh, been hiking uh, through uh, streams or you've been hiking uh, in areas where water gets on your skin somehow, uh, which is common in backcountry. And all of a sudden you get these little pesky uh, irritations, uh, usually on your uh, toes uh, and uh, maybe on your fingers or your heels or sometimes on your ears. Little tiny scratchy things and you don't know what they are. Uh, They can be in the summer, they could be in the winter, well they can really be in any season at all. A good example is uh, someone in an inflatable kayak uh, in the late spring. The the temperatures are warm, the water is not cold, it's cool and uh, you're floating down at the end of the day you see what you think are little blisters coming on the top of the joints on the toes. So you bandage them and wondering where they're coming from. You've been, you've been wearing uh, sandals. Yeah, so you're wondering what rubbed your toes to get those. And they're very irritating. Uh, they don't hurt so much as they kind of prick as you uh, move and walk along. They're uncomfortable. They're, they're not that uh, rare, they're very common, but they rarely will cause any kind of permanent damage, and you treat them as a blister. It could be in the hot summer. It could be that you've got your sandals on, and you're, the day is very, very warm, even almost uncomfortably warm. The water can be warm, and all of a sudden you get these uh, itchy, uh, stinging little blister-type things on your toes. Well, these pesky little things are called chilblains. And what is surprising is that very, very few people know about this. This is not a life-threatening thing, and it doesn't carry the glamour that so many wilderness medicine courses and people teach about putting on a neck brace and wrapping, you know, splints and doing blood control with bandages. This is one of the problems, I think, with wilderness medicine is that they... Uh, look at the glamour things and want to learn that and then think they know. But it's the common things, the things that are irritating and the things that people see they don't know what are. And th- this one is very common, th- a chilblain. Uh, th- they are uncomfortable. Uh, they heal within a few uh, weeks or even a, a week's uh, period of time. Uh, you just got to keep out of the cold. This is one of the dangers in the waters that we like to talk about so that people will know what they are. Uh, They can turn the skin red and cause a a burning sensation. They can cause a tiny uh, little blister or uh, uh, kind of almost like a a burn or a a rough area in the skin to occur, a tiny, tiny ulceration. They can happen in in a morning or in an afternoon. They, They can happen in a few hours of exposure to cold. It doesn't have to be in the water It can just be water splashing on the skin. And the reason that water is important to this is because it's the moisture which causes the irritation. Now, it might even be sweat on your skin, which is interesting. 
they cause these burning and itching sensation in the affected area. And you don't necessarily have to have the ulceration. You just have this red area that's just kind of tiny in the area. They become more intense if you go into a warm area, warm room, or get out of the water and get into the sun. The affected area may also swell and turn red, or maybe even a dark blue in some cases. They can break and open little tiny sores. Blisters can develop. But remember, if that happens, everyone is going to want to scratch the skin. And then that way, the, because the skin will become uh, generally more tender and a little bit more prone to opening. And then that can become infected. And now, of course, you have an infection that needs to be treated. Uh, you don't need to seek med- medical advice of these if you have a chillblain. If you are an outdoor person, and you are because you listen to this podcast, and if you treat things uh, in the outdoor, which you do because you listen to this podcast, you can treat this. Um, uh, y- the only time you'd want to go get some medical help is if it does get infected, if the person scratched it open, or if it doesn't go away. And if it's not gone within a week or two, then, then it might be something else. Then you don't. Uh, then you don't need to. So I want you to think of your uh, the the little knuckles on your toe or your hands or your earlobe or the tip of your nose with a little. It's red. It's itchy. It's painful. It's not frostbite. It could be hot out. It could be cool out. But there's some water involved with this. They are the result, and and it's not frostbite or frost nip because it doesn't have to be cold. Chillblains really are the result of an abnormal reaction to the cold from human skin. Um, they're very common in areas where moisture is in the air, very humid areas where it's cool. In the United Kingdom, uh, where uh, damp, cold weather uh, is very usual in the winter. So in the United Kingdom, we see a lot of increased cases of this. And this doesn't necessarily have to be an outdoor sport. It can just be walking down the street. Some people will develop chillblains that last for several months every winter, and they're used to it. When the skin is cold, blood vessels near its surface get narrower. If the skin is then exposed to heat, the blood vessels become wider. This happens too quickly. Blood vessels near the surface of the skin uh, can't always handle the increased blood flow. This can cause blood to leak into the surrounding tissue, which may cause the swelling and itchiness associated with the chillblain. Well, who's more at risk at these? well, you know, some people tend to be more at risk for for reasons that aren't known. And and, and you, uh, the people that are with you, will know that. Like, they'll get allergies or they'll, their eyes will itch or something. But you know, they'll know their own patterns. <clears throat> but people who have poor circulation, or the big thing, if they have had chillblains before, they're more likely to get them. If you have regular exposure to the cold, damp, or these draughty type of conditions, that will do it. If you have a poor diet or low body weight, that can also do it. Some diseases of, of circulation will do that. And obviously, uh, people who smoke are, are more at risk of chillblains. Just yet again, one reason nobody should smoke. And, and in the backcountry, this uh, really comes out. Uh, they can occur on areas of the feet exposed to pressure, such as a bunion on a toe. We see that a lot. Chillblains get better on their own. Uh, after a week or two without treatment. There's nothing you need to do to these uh, unless the skin is broken open, you've already had an infection. Uh, it may help to use a soothing lotion, calamine, or a lot of people have used witch hazel that we're getting reports on that to relieve itching. Uh, you can talk to uh, others and see what they use for it. Pharmacists often will know uh, uh, what helps. 
If your chillblains are severe and keep returning, uh, then speak to someone who has some experience with that. Um, preventing chillblains uh, is important also. So, I mean, the way you do this is limit your exposure to cold, moist areas. And now, that may be hard if you are a, a rafting or a kayaking guide or you're uh, rafting or kayaking. Your feet, arms, hands, cheeks, nose may get exposed to that. So, uh, uh, dry, dry those areas Keep them uh, uh, in the warmth and try to improve your circulation. If your skin gets cold, it's important to warm it up gradually. Heating the skin too quickly, for example, by putting your feet in hot water or near a heater, may increase the, uh, the, the itchiness of uh, chillblains. Uh, but remember, this is an abnormal reaction to the cold, uh, cold, moist uh, dampness. Uh, your, water, your feet have been in the water, water splashes on your face, and it's cool out and the body reacts to it. So one thing you can do is if they are an, ir- an irritant, try to keep your feet and toes dry if possible. And if you're on a river or you're hiking through the water, that's going to be more problematic. But when you get out, dry them off, keep them in the sun and warm them up. Uh, just uh, uh, the basics. Uh uh, avoid tight shoes and boots, and a lot of people get them and just wearing sandals. We see that a lot. I get a lot of people coming to me on my outdoor adventures saying, what is this? They say, oh my gosh, that's a chillblade. Hey, what is that? And that's also frustrating to me because people go out and need to know about chillblades. Uh, you, you need to keep your diet well and make sure that uh, you're... Uh, uh, if you're a diabetic, that you're checking your feet often because they're at a... Uh, a greater risk for them. Uh, if you have severe recurring chillblains, then you have to uh, get into uh, more help. Uh, and if you do have recurring chillblains, then you know how to treat them better than anyone because uh, if you are at greater risk for that, don't scratch them. Don't form the ulcerations, although they that may form just on their own. If it does, putting a bandage on it, if it's opened up and putting, you know, treating as a small wound, uh, uh, that. Uh, may may have to happen. But remember, don't scratch or rub the affected area of the skin and don't directly overheat the chillblains by using really hot water to treat it. Dry them out, just keep them in the warmth, and uh, that will be the best way to, to, to avoid and treat a chillblain. But again, remember, to know that chillblains is, is an issue in moisture and it doesn't have to be cold and it doesn't have to be in in the water. It could just get your affected area can get in and out of the water splash water on the skin or it can be moisture in the air and it can happen on a river trip on a hike it can happen in the winter uh, just by walking along but watch for chillblains and uh, if you do see them uh, educate the people that get them or yourself about the chillblains so that you can enjoy uh, your trip into the back country and without having uh, all the uh, little pesky complications that come up with things like chillblains make sure you know about them Well, this ends the podcast on another one of the little dangers, uh, this time a pesky danger that can occur in, in the waters. As always, we say thank you for listening. 